I think because of everything that's happened, I'm a little less about looking at developing plans for when things go wrong, but kind of shifting, a paradigm shift, if you will. And I think now I, I want to make plans for what if things go right. Hi, I'm Nelson Murray, and this is Talking Squarely. In this series, we bring together independent business owners to have frank discussions and share their perspectives on some of the most pressing issues impacting their lives and livelihoods. Many business owners have busy seasons and slow seasons, but for some, that window of activity is where they make most, if not all, of their sales. From Christmas trees to shaved ice, these business owners spend their year optimizing for this short window of activity or developing new ways to maintain revenue in the off period. Today, we talk with three seasonal business owners about how they prepare for their busy seasons, what their businesses look like during the rest of the year, and how the COVID-19 pandemic has reshaped those plans. We focus solely around the Christmas time frame, but our planning is pretty much year-round. That's Bo Cohen, who runs Papa Noel Christmas Trees based out of Austin and San Antonio, Texas. While Bo does his sales toward the end of the year, the rest of his time is spent securing locations and inventory for the holiday rush. It starts in Ernst probably around April, and that's when we travel to Austin to scout for any potential new locations and also kind of cement our relationships with our current landlords and try to, you know, secure the locations that we'll use. And then from there, it's pretty much for the rest of the year until we're actually in Texas selling trees. We have about 11,000 trees that we sell annually, so that takes some planning to get the right order, the right sizes. So we're in November and December is when we are doing all of our business and we're in full operation then, but our planning pretty much starts when Christmas ends. For Susanna Cameron, the owner of Stem's Flower Shop based in Brooklyn, New York, dividing her time between running a retail flower shop and a wedding and event business means her busy season is all year. The wedding industry sort of is, you know, jumping and jiving from April until about November. And then we've got December, January, February, March of kind of, you know, I mean, we might have a few events here and there, but certainly not where we need teams ready to go on site every single weekend. Like Bo was saying with seasonality, there's always a lot of prep work to do. And there's a lot of preparation that has to happen outside of those months to make sure that systems flow smoothly and to make sure, you know, we redo our catalogs and website and reshoot product images. So we always make use of that time and we don't even call it our slow time anymore. We're like, well, it's just when we're not doing weddings, you know, but we're still showing up to work and game planning for the rest of the year. Like Bo and Susanna, our third seller, Kim Moissner-Bartlett, is no stranger to busy and slow seasons. As a franchise owner of Kona Ice, based in Rock County, Wisconsin, Kim's sales activity changes with the weather, literally. Well, obviously, Kona Ice is selling shaved ice, and so we are very popular in the warm summer months, but a little less popular when it's really cold outside. My franchise is based in Wisconsin, and my season is very, very short. So I have maybe four and a half, five months tops where I am out uh, generating sales and delivering special events. So I have a lot of time in the off season. I even have a couple months where we're closed completely and we're not even um, open at all to customers. So there's a lot that happens in the downtime to make sure that we are maximizing the peak times that we have in the business. So the, the awesome thing about Kona Ice is that we are 100% mobile. And so I work really hard to maximize as many pieces of equipment as I can 
during our peak time so that I'm taking advantage of every opportunity that comes my way during those summer months. Because I know that once October hits in Wisconsin, it gets pretty cold. The cool thing about Kona Ice is depending upon where a franchise is located, their downtime varies depending upon their location. So I imagine the folks that are in North Carolina and Texas and Florida have far less downtime than I do in with my franchise in Wisconsin. You've all touched on the fact that even though you have a peak season where your sales activity is higher, a lot of your time is spent planning to maximize that time. So how do you go about generating revenue during the off season? One of the cool things about Kona Ice is that because it's mobile, we do have, we have the trucks and we have kiosks and trailers, but we also have what's called a Kona Ice Mini, and it's actually a unit that can go indoors. And so that is a great uh, unit that I use my franchise in October and November, and then again in March and April. We partner with so many schools because we do lots of fundraising, and people aren't always aware of that about Kona Ice. We do a lot of give back and fundraising. So we have tons of school events during those cooler months. We do things like basketball tournaments, wrestling tournaments, show choir, competitions, uh, you name it. Kona Ice can be there both inside and outside. So taking advantage of that indoor unit really helps me to extend my season. So STEMS does something a little different. We have our retail shop. So we've got a business that has some consistent revenue throughout the whole year. So what we do is we sort of consolidate staffing during the slower months. We also offer workshops. So we do in-person floral arranging workshops at different levels. And we host private workshops as well to just sort of maximize our space and give people an opportunity to come in. And like, let's say you're having a baby shower or a birthday party and you want to bring your friends in, have some wine and cake and make some flowers. Like we use our space in that way. I'm curious for each of you, what role cash plays as opposed to other forms of capital in sustaining you and giving you flexibility during the off season. Is that actually the most important asset or have you found that there are other things that you rely on buffering you when sales are slower? Well, for us, uh, cash is king for sure. I mean, you know, we make 100% of our profit in about four weeks every year. You know, we have one season, we have one harvest, and this is it. <laughs> so on good years, we're able to get that throughout 12 or I guess 10 months to the next selling season. And on uh, on short years, you know, we have to go get a line of credit. But either way, you know, we're, we're coming back. <laughs> Susanna, what's your relationship with cash versus credits or other resources that sustain you in your off season? We're definitely a cash run business with deliveries, like a lot, like as a retail store, cash in, cash out, like that's how we make our money. If we're not working, we're not making money, right? The other side though is with the events and weddings, we do take deposits up front, you know, that, but that does create a buffer, which is kind of nice. And I've always been a bit conservative. So I try to keep savings in the savings account. And, you know, I do have a line of credit that's available. Like when I, I moved locations two years ago and took out a line of credit to do some of that moving. So I had that available. So you know, when this all hit, I thought, okay, well, I have some options. And, and really it was because I've, you know, I am an established business and having, you know, good credit and something to fall back on is always helpful to know that's there. But I mean, obviously cash is always king in retail world too. Let's pivot to marketing. Susanna, you mentioned workshops being a part of your business model. I have to imagine that you're publicizing them. How are you going about doing that? I think because 
we have a retail store, people come in a lot and they know about us just from having a store and a physical space. Um, we also do a lot of deliveries. So when we send our deliveries out, we advertise there with a little, you know, marketing tool that says we do workshops. So that way every single person that's getting a delivery knows we also do that. So a lot of it has really been customer led. We don't do a lot of marketing. I don't spend a lot of money on marketing. I send out a mailer like when I remember to, and uh, we really do everything on Instagram. I'll kick this one over to you, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about staying in touch with your customers throughout the year. Obviously, given that you you indicated that November and December are your peak months, what tactics have you employed, whether it be kind of traditional marketing or other methods of staying in touch with your current and prospective customers throughout the year? We have been in business for about 40 years now. And so for almost that entire time, you know, we've used mass mail marketing. For a long time, we spent a lot of uh, resources, time and money into creating a very nice newsletter that we would send out to our customers. But as our customers increase, that price increase as well. We still do a newsletter closer towards around Thanksgiving that is like a reminder. Uh, we're coming. These are our new locations. But throughout the year, you know, we do the occasional Instagram post, Facebook post. Every once in a while, we'll do an email. The nature of our business is Christmas, and we have to be a little careful on really pushing Christmas too early. <laughs> a lot of people don't like that. So we're, um, you know, we're pretty light on our um, outreach throughout most of the year. But as it gets closer towards November, December, we really start amping up, you know, the social media posts and the emails, that kind of thing. Kim, maybe I'll, I'll kick this one over to you. Uh, what kinds of customer outreach tactics have you employed for Kona Ice? I think uh, social media is is really significant, big way for us to keep in touch with customers. So uh, Facebook is the medium that I subscribe to most. We have the most interactions with our customers on Facebook. Um, we'll do some emailing, digital marketing, trying to you know keep ourselves in front of our customers even when they're not seeing the trucks out and we're not delivering any events. So social media is really has been for me personally, just a fantastic way to maintain those connections with customers. Bo, you explained how you've tried a variety of tactics over the 40 years, I think, that you said you've you've been operating. So I have to imagine that each of the three of you have really tried through trial and error a variety of ways of engaging your customers to make sure that these peak seasons are as successful as they can be. What are some things that you've learned and maybe some things that you now avoid doing that have helped you with your marketing tactics and making sure that you get as much out of that peak season as you can for each of your businesses? Maybe, Kim, you could start us off. Okay. Well, I think our situation is a little bit different because we're not independent. Kona Ice is a franchise. So, um, and so my, my situation is a little bit different. I own a franchise in Wisconsin, but I'm the chief learning officer for Kona Ice Corporate, which is based in Florence, Kentucky. And so because we are such a large organization, we have 1,200 franchisees throughout the United States. We have so many resources that we utilize to stay connected, to do outreach. We have a, a creative team. We're, we're constantly doing things to stay in front of our customers at all times during the year. Kim, can I ask you a question about your marketing? Yes. How do you, what are you telling your customers in like your off months? I know you, the locations are so different, but what are some, like, how would you keep your business out in front of people? And like, what are you, what are you telling people when they're not buying ICs? Like, what do you tell them? What content are you giving them? Or what are you pushing at that stage? Sure. So we have three months where my franchise in particular, we just closed. So I say we're closed from Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day. I try to utilize that downtime 
to do a lot of customer outreach, a lot of one-on-one touch points, um, you know, the holiday cards, the the greetings, the phone calls, the interactions. We're, we're always in front of them, even when they're not thinking about shaved ice in the month of December, when they can just scoop a cup of snow right off the ground. We, we still want our brand to be strong and to stay in front of customers. And so I really credit that to, I mean, social media is pretty significant. And then email marketing as well, and then our website. And that has been really effective. Susanna, I'm curious, you mentioned that Instagram is the channel that you have gravitated toward for your business. What was it that led you to Instagram and what have you found that you you like about it? Why is it effective for you? I started an Instagram when I started my business, which was, you know, it was just starting. I started selling bouquets out of a bar. And so it was so easy to be like, here's a bouquet and you can grab a beer at the bar here. You know, it was very, it just seemed intuitive. So I I really used that and just sort of people could see me, I could do the Instagram stories, which really helps. And, you know, once you get to a certain follower count, you can do like a swipe up feature, which is nice. You can connect products, right? And I like to share with people things that are like debunk things about being a florist that aren't always like cute or talk about um, sustainability since that's a big part of my business and we do a lot of give back stuff too so there's always just stuff to talk about you know and different people to collaborate with and that seems to have just been the platform that works the best for us and we've tried Facebook but it, uh, the connection and the networking on Facebook isn't where our strong suit is. We've probably all heard many stories about businesses having to adapt and try to find new ways of reaching their customers while balancing their safety and their their customers' safety. What advice might you offer to another business owner who isn't used to this or isn't familiar with these kinds of pivots on ways that they can try to find a sense of stability in this moment? It seems like for personally speaking, our business is very rarely stable. (laughs) At least it seems that way a lot. Um, granted, you know, we've, we've been in business for 40 years, so I guess definitely there is some stability there. It just um, always seems to us that when Christmas is finally over and we're back home with our families and we kind of take a breath again, we're like, wow, that actually worked again. So I think being able to just shift your focus on a dime uh, for us is very important and being flexible to where you don't get discouraged when doors slam in your face. You know, that's something that we've experienced throughout our our years as far as landlords turning us down last minute. Bo, what do you think is going to happen with Christmas trees this year? Do you think people are going to buy trees like they normally do? Yeah, I do. I, I think I think they're going to buy trees like they normally do. And I am hoping that more people will come out that don't usually buy a tree. In our industry, we've been talking to different growers and wholesalers all throughout the country, and um, everyone is primed for a really successful tree season this year. So I hope that that comes true. (laughs) I was just thinking like, you know, it's like less people are traveling for the holidays, more people might find their own tree at home. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's one thing we've actually really considered is, you know, usually people do travel uh, for Christmas and, you know, families get together. And so you'll have, you know, these large families in a house sometimes with one tree. And so this year might be a little different. You know, all those families now might need a tree. Or they'll get a bigger tree because they're like, hey, we didn't go vacation. So we're going to get a 15 foot tree this year. That's fine too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What are some of the experiences that you've had as a seasonal business owner that apply to what others are experiencing during the pandemic? It's a little cliche, but have the right attitude. Always have that attitude that you will succeed and get through this. And if you really start thinking that things are just not panning out the way you want it, then that's pretty much what will happen. You know, I I think that the best advice I can give uh, in these uncertain times and anyone really is just to keep moving forward. You know, that's the most important thing. That's, That's what always has gotten us through. 
Kim, what about you? What were you able to do as a franchise owner? You know, one of the things I think that we've really done is we've learned to pivot and do things. That's like the key word that we've clung to is pivot and looking for opportunities, doing things differently, knowing that customers and we're mobile, you know, there's no schools, there's no events, there's no festivals, there's no things happening that we would traditionally do. And so instead, we took our business to the customers. We pivoted, we created a delivery system and started getting, you know, creating delivery radiuses and getting Konas to their doorstep and really changed how we, we did things. But I think the key to our succeeding and thriving in a pandemic was that we were willing to think outside the box and do things differently and try something new. I think that's really what success is all about. You know, life is unpredictable. And when things happen, how do we respond? Susanna, you've, you've got a brick and mortar location. You, you can't move to where your customers are. How, how have you adapted to changes during the pandemic? And what advice might you give to other business owners who have brick and mortar locations like you do? Yeah, so I think number one is like if you have an opportunity to offer a delivery service and maybe you haven't in the past, now is definitely the time to do it. I think there's a huge demand for delivery and we've seen it in our own business. We already had delivery set up. So, I mean, it doubled with the pandemic. Other things fell off, like we didn't have our weddings, but that service is really what people want right now. What kinds of things worry you? as it relates to either just the normal course of of your business and seasonal operation or some of the unique challenges that 2020 have kind of brought about for the entire country? I think some of the things that worry me specifically with business is that, you know, we've, we've rebooked a lot of clients for 2021, right? You know, so we're looking forward to this next year of, you know, having a lot of weddings and events. And my thought is like, well, yeah, but what if those can't happen either? You know, what if we start pushing it back and back and back and it goes to 2022 and you know you start looking ahead at your numbers and your revenue or projected revenue and think okay well if these don't happen are we okay where we're at right now and then you know with New York you know if there's another spike and we have to close our retail store again that's going to affect our numbers and we'll have to cut staff again and I've always been a person who's thinking about the future and like most entrepreneurs thinking about like how can I grow my business and what you know, how can we build this department and refine this system? And a lot of that has had to come to a halt. And it's been a focus of day-by-day, step-by-step mentality to kind of keep things moving. Bo, why don't we uh, why don't we have you take that one? What worries you as an independent business owner? You shared some of your kind of ongoing concerns, but as someone who uh, for 40 years running has managed to keep things going, I, I have a feeling you've got a good track record for adapting to change. Well, yeah, I learned from that from my dad. Um, you know, he's he's the one that has the 40-year title under his belt, and I'm I'm working on year 13 or 14 right now. But yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, being being able to adapt um, in a business like ours is paramount. And I guess um, one thing that we always struggle with every season is just ensuring that we have the locations that we need to actually set up our businesses. You know, we fluctuate every season between seven to 10, 11 different lots between our two cities we service. And, you know, as you can imagine, real estate in Austin and San Antonio changes hands pretty quickly. And an empty, nice field on next to a highway just simply doesn't exist very much. We're very lucky because of our longevity there that we've established some excellent business relationships with landowners who are dear customers as well. Kim, how about you? What is your outlook for the rest of the year and for 2021? Things are just unpredictable. And I think resiliency, learning to improvise, uh, learning to adapt. I always joke, I was a university administrator by trade for many years, and we always had contingency plans. You know, we'd make all these plans in case things went wrong and how to continue to deliver services to students. 
we're definitely hoping that 2021 looks a little bit better than 2020. <laughs> you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I think it's, it's definitely been a unique year. Whether selling Christmas trees or summer treats, our guests work year-round to prepare for their busy seasons and find innovative ways to engage customers. Utilizing social media marketing, planning out holiday newsletters, they know the importance of thinking on their feet. And in unpredictable times, it's a skill all business owners can hone, no matter their size. A special thanks to Bo, Susanna, and Kim for their perspectives on running a seasonal business. Papa Noel Christmas Trees has locations across San Antonio and Austin, Texas. You can find them online and the location of their Christmas tree lots this year at papanoeltrees.com. Stems is located in Brooklyn, New York. Follow them on Instagram at stemsbrooklyn. And check them out online at stemsbrooklyn.com. You can find Kona Ice at kona-ice.com. Or keep an eye out for one of the 1,200 shaved ice trucks they operate across the U.S., you can also follow them at Kona Ice on all social channels. You've been listening to Talking Squarely, a Square production. This episode was produced by Mallory Russell, Cindy Lewis, Caitlin Kiefer, Evan Grohl, John Scarpinato, and Travis Gonzalez. Our music was composed by Jordan Wallace with sound recording by Sorrentino Media and Jamie Cohen. I'm Nelson Murray. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Squarely are those of our guests and do not reflect the official policy or position of Square.